Yeah. There's a... Each week, you know, we pray for a different church because Boomerang's not the only body of Christ. So we lift up another church, and that helps us. And, and you know, I've, I asked this a few weeks ago, but since we've been praying for other churches, and every time we have a fifth Sunday, we take up an offering for them, and we've been sowing, we've been giving into other churches, have you felt where your heart has kind of opened up to see them really as a part of your body? Have you felt that? Yeah, amen. It does something in us, and you know what? It sets us straight. It keeps us on the right path to recognize, you know, that other church is not competition. Oh, shocking. Yeah, <laughs> it's not competition. That other church is a part of us. And so every week, that's why we try to pray for another church. But we need to have that in our heart. We need to have it set up where we recognize and we realize, you know, they're a part of us. Whether they're here every Sunday or not, they're a part of us. And so I just, I've been blessed by it. My, I would say that my heart and my mindset, even though I knew it in theory, it's really helped me to get it inside of me uh, that they're a part of us. And uh, so as we've been doing that, that's really blessed me personally as well. So this morning, uh, we want to pray for Salem. We have a unique opportunity here. Uh, Salem United Methodist Church and... New Mount Tabor United Methodist Church. And the reason why we're praying for two churches is because the, the wife pastors Salem United Methodist and the husband pastors the uh, New Mount Tabor. So that's Pastor Jack and Jacqueline Tukey. And they helped us when we did the um, um, soul food the other week. They were there. And uh, he, he was there that evening. And I've gotten to meet him and, and know him a little bit. So let's lift up both of those pieces of the body of Christ, both, both of those pastors. And so I just ask you, like we do every morning, let's agree and lift them up, okay? Let's agree together. Father, we just thank you. Your word says that if two of you shall agree, it shall be done. Now, Father, right now, we just ask that your blessing would be poured out on Salem and New Mount Tabor, United Methodist, Lord, we just ask that your blessing would be poured out on Pastor Jack and Pastor Jacqueline, Lord. Let your wisdom reign in those churches, reign in that leadership, Lord. Let your protection rest upon them, Lord. Let them walk according to your word. Not one little bit to the left or to the right, but let them walk directly where you would have them walk, Lord. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your protection. Lord, we thank you for provision. We just ask right now, in Jesus' name, as a part of our body, Lord, let them have the provision that they need to do the ministry and advance the kingdom of God like you have called them to. And we praise you for it and thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Good to see you. So glad to have you. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8. So, I thought last week that we were done with Spiritual Fitness 101. I was wrong. <laughs> so, later on this week, I really didn't know, I didn't have a message until about Thursday or Friday, and as I was praying and seeking God, the Lord brought out up another part of this message. And uh, so, we started... In the beginning of this series, that I never thought was going to be a series, we started at these verses. Let's look at them. 
So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says this, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Okay? Train yourself in a spiritual fitness. Okay? It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So, if you had the two to choose from, which is going to be better for you? The spiritual. And that doesn't mean that physical fitness isn't good. It says it is good. Physical training is good. It's good. But spiritual fitness is even stronger. And, it, and, and matter of fact, if you get spiritually fit, what I have noticed is as you go after God, there's something that God puts inside of you that says, hey, you need to get physically fit too. Actually, so if you'll cover that one and do it well and do it right, you'll be empowered to have both, which is the way God works in almost everything anyway. Now, in physical fitness, there's basically three main areas of physical fitness, nutrition, exercise, and then rest. And when the question we ask is, what happens if you leave one of those out? And the, the answer is, if you leave one of those out, it's going to be bad. You can eat all the right stuff, but, but not exercise, and you're still just going to be out of shape on the couch watching TV, right? <laughs> and you can uh, exercise, and you can rest, but if you don't eat the right stuff, I gave you the example of my 40-year-old friend. He's 40 years old, looks like he's in great shape, has a major heart attack because he's not eating the right stuff, Right? He's alive. He lived. He made it through. Amen. <laughs> now, here's the other one. What if you don't rest? What if you eat right, you exercise, but you do it all day, all night, all the time? The, the Bible kind of says you give your body to be burned. You are going to wear yourself out. It's just fact. That's what's going to happen. Well, in spiritual fitness, it's the exact same thing. If we don't put in the right nutrition, we go out here and we exercise, but we're exercising the wrong thing, and really it's death to us and those who hear and see what we do. It's not good. All right, well, if we put in the right food, we're sitting here, and this is, this is where a lot of the American church is, that are going to church, they're putting in the Word of God, they're eating the food of God, but then they're not actually going and exercising. Now, what you're learning here this morning, it's not for this morning. What you're learning and getting fed and, and being built up, it's for when you go out those doors. It's, it's every minute of every day, are you exercising and living? Are you letting the Word and the nutrition change you to actually go and do? We're to be doers of the Word, not hearers only. And then, what if we don't rest? This is what we talked about last week. If we don't rest, you're just going to burn yourself out. You'll probably die early, literally. And, and all of a sudden, the, all that stuff that you had accumulated, all that knowledge, all that anointing, it goes with you because you didn't rest. And the Word says this. He says, even though they give their body to be burned but have not love, they don't have anything. And so what happens is a lot of people think that they should go out there and let's go do everything for God. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. We'll rest when we get to heaven. And they don't rest and they burn out. Or they get angry because they're tired. And then that comes across. And so there's a balance, just like in physical fitness, there's a balance of those three things. There's a balance in spiritual fitness as well. Now, this morning what I want to talk about is this. 
is your spiritual fitness that we've been talking about this whole time, it is complete already in Christ. It's complete right now. Now you may be thinking, well, I'm not always putting in the right nutrition. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a doer of the Word. Or, or maybe I'm not strong enough to be a doer of the Word. Or maybe I don't know how to rest. What you need to recognize is God all the time when He asks you to do something, not only does He ask you to do it, but before He asks you to do it, He empowers you to actually walk that out. So your spiritual fitness, God has already provided everything you need. You might not have been walking in it before, but going forward from this point, all you have to do is look to God and see your nutrition, your exercise, and your rest is already well provided for in Christ. Amen? So, let me ask you this question. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 31, or chapter 1, excuse me, verse 31. Here's the question. I was reading the other day, starting reading through the, the Bible again, and I got to the part where God rests. And really felt like the Holy Spirit asked me this question. Why did God rest? Why did God rest? So let's look at these verses in Genesis 1, 31. And I'm going to give you, there's, there's two main answers for why God rested. And the first one is one that you, you should know. It is this, that God rested to set the example for, what, for us. We're supposed to follow his example, and so he said it. You remember even with uh, Jesus, when he went to go get baptized, and John the Baptist, the one who's so great, John the Baptist goes, why do you come to me to get baptized? I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said this, so that everything can be done in all righteousness. In other words, it needs to be complete, it needs to be fulfilled. I need to be baptized as a man. I need to be I'm setting the example. All right? Well, God did he just saw his father do the same thing. Jesus knew that he he set the example like his father did. Well, that's what God did when he rested, he was setting the example. We need to rest. We've asked this question, you know, before is if God himself, you know, creator of the universe, all-powerful, omnipotent, he knows everything. He's God. God. You know, right? If he need to rest, do you think you don't? What makes us think that if God needed to rest, we don't need to rest. We just need to go, go, go. And, he's, and, and a lot of times we'll be like, God's telling me to go, go, go. No, he's not. He's telling you to rest. Rest in him. Now we talked about last week, we talked about rest covered four areas. Now here's what I want you to get. If we're complete in God and we're resting in God, we're not just resting like, now I lay me down to sleep. That's not it. That, now that is a part of rest, but I want you to see that we can rest in God even while we're about the spiritual fitness because we are complete. That spiritual fitness is complete in Christ. In other words, we're working, but we're not toiling in it. We're getting spiritually fit all on the power of God simply by being obedient, but we're not having to scratch and toil to make it happen. All right? 
Because we have this idea of physical fitness is I got to go in there and I got to sweat. And you do for physical fitness. But in spiritual fitness, it's not you scratching it out and do it. God's already done that for you. You're just accepting his fitness by being in obedience to these in these areas. All right. So in rest, we saw that there was spiritual rest, salvation. There was a mental rest, no anxiety or worry. There was a physical rest, literal sleep and resting on the Sabbath. And then there was a rest from toiling and striving or, or self-producing. So, here in Genesis 1, why did God rest? Number one, to set the example for us. But why else? In Genesis 1.31 it says this, Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good what God did and anything God does very good always why because of who made it it's always very good let me ask you something in this original piece was there anything missing in creation no there wasn't anything missing God said it's good it's very good he looked and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. We carry on in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation and so i'm sitting there going the other day i'm reading through some of these scriptures and the holy spirit says why did god rest why did the father rest i know he's setting an example but there's something else and here's the simple it's it's so simple he rested because his works were done it was complete. It was complete in that moment. That's, that right there is when I, I wrote out that thing that says, look, you're either resting in God or you're not resting in God based on your belief of how complete Jesus has finished His work, not your work, His work in your life. So in other words, you're resting based off of how do you believe? How do you believe inside of you? Did Jesus, has he done everything in my life that I need doing? And I'm going to rest or not rest based off of how I believe that. When we see that Jesus has completed his work in every area of our life, in every area of salvation, Every place, every provision, protection uh, to be saved, to be freed, to be restored, to be delivered. Uh, God has done that through Christ in every area of our life. If you believe that, it's easy for you to rest in that. But if you don't believe that, you feel like, well, I still got to go out there and be holy and do all this stuff. And, and holiness is awesome. I don't do it because I've got to do it. I do it because I love God. He's made me holy in Christ when I accepted Him. Now I can rest in what God's done. He loved me enough to see all my junk and say, I still love you. Let me help you be fixed. Let me get you right. Let me make you whole. He loved me enough to do that when I was really, really messed up. And you too. Has God finished it? 
He said this, Why did God rest? He rested because His works were complete. His works were complete. Now let me ask you this question. If God is resting over your life, why should you not be? You know something God don't? Just asking. Just checking. You know something that God doesn't know? He's resting. Why are you not? Now, in spiritual fitness, we need to rest in Him. Lord, you know how to make me spiritually fit. And you have provided all the tools. You have made me complete. So I rest in you. Let me ask you this question. This is something that came to me. Uh, Do you think that God was sweating as He created the world in six days? (laughs) No? You think He was sweating? He's like, light. That took a lot. Firmament, earth, be in Jesus' name. Golly. Hey, Gabriel, Michael, can you give me a hand here? I mean, this is hard work. You think he was sweating? Why, did, why don't you think he was sweating? Did man sweat before the fall? Nope. Toil, scratching out a living, was a part of the curse. So the things, now that doesn't mean that we don't need to get out there and mow the yard and stuff like that. We do need to do that stuff. We still live in a world that takes our attention. But we don't have to be out there in toil and sweating in our mind and in our heart. Oh my goodness, how am I going to pay this bill? Oh my goodness, you know, I just I, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. There's no hope for me. God's not sweating that. God's not sweating that. He doesn't care what side of the tracks. He said, if you're in Christ, there is no male or female, Jew or Greek. He don't see color. He don't, he don't see the, the gender. He doesn't see all any of that. He sees, are you mine? He says, you're my child. You're my inheritance. I'm your inheritance. It doesn't matter where you come from. I got the goods to get you up out of that mess and get you into the blessing of God. This is who God is. Doesn't matter. So why are we sweating something God's not? If we're going to be spiritually fit, not looking like those two jokers on that slide, but if we're going to be spiritually fit, we've got to find the place where we're not sweating this stuff because God's work is complete in us. The work is required for our spiritual fitness is complete now. We just need to operate in what has already been paid for. Listen to that. We just need to operate in what has been paid for. Let, let me give you a scenario. Let's say, um, let's, Roger, come on up here. All right, let's say that Roger's playing the part of God and somehow I've got to get to the back of the room and at the back of the room is my provision. Let's say that, man, i got to come up with, with $300, right? Let's say i got to come up with $300. You hear that, Darius? All right, cool. All right, that was personal. 
my man, what's up? <laughs> we were talking about God this week. All right. Let's say we've got to come up with $300, right? Now, one way the world would say, all right, you go over here and you scratch and toil and you work your way in and, and it's hard and you better get over here to get where you need to get. Whatever answer it is, it can be money, it can be health, it can be whatever. Or I can realize that all provision is already in Christ. And I can go to God and say, Lord, the Word says, let my request be made known unto you. And God knows the place right down here. I ain't got to do any of that sweating. That doesn't mean I don't have some work to do, but I don't have to toil over it. I don't have to strive over it. And he says, just walk over there and I got provision laid up for you. Or he gives you the plan. He shows you how. He gives you a heavenly wisdom. And, and so I go, Lord, I have, this, I have this request. I need an answer. I need something solved. Anything. And God says, yes. And it's already paid for. It's already complete in Christ. And I say, if I lack wisdom, because I don't know how to get over there without toiling, I need to hear from you so I can be in love. Love is, love is not just going and making something happen. Love is seeking God and His righteousness and following that. And then all things will be given unto me. So I seek the Lord. How would you have me to handle this? You know, I've had situations where I had something to pay for, right? And I was about to pay for it. I had, I had money. And I was about to pay for it. And the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. He said, ask me for it. And I'll say, well, I ask you for it. And that situation, get paid for some other way. Now, what happened to the money that was in my pocket? It gets to stay. Well, well, listening to God is really important. Because it'll put you in better places where you'll have what Stephen was talking about earlier. You'll, you'll gain because you've listened and you've heard and you've been obedient. He'll always put you in the right place at the right time doing the right thing and the blessings of God will start to pile up on each other. So I've got this situation. I've got to get somewhere. All I've got to do is turn to God and say, what would you have me to do? And God in His wisdom will say, if you'll just walk right down here, point God, point, there we go. Walk right down there. Walk right down that path. There's no toil this way. And all we'll do is I'll say, okay, amen, praise God. And I'll walk right down here. I'm not scratching, I'm not toiling, I'm not striving. And right there is my answer simply because I listened to God. Awesome, you did great, God. That's good stuff. <laughs> so we don't need to sweat over the things that God's given us has he already given you in your spiritual fitness we got those three parts nutrition, exercise, and rest has he given you nutrition yes he has look at Psalms 23.5 it says you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies he prepares a feast for you you realize this let, let me ask you this is he talking about spiritual you know uh, is he talking about in heaven in other words where's your enemies you got you got enemies in heaven no no so where's he talking about that he's going to prepare a feast for you provide nutrition provide supply right here 
on earth. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Philippians 4.19, we need nutrition. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Nutrition is simply getting the right nutrients, the right supply, helping to get it to every piece of your body. Spiritual nutrition's the same. You need the supply of God. You need the nutrition. You need to be fed by Him. You get that through fellowship and thankfulness and the Word and worship and prayer. Those are the things. You can go back and listen to the first Sunday and we'll own this, on spiritual fitness, and you'll see that. So has he supplied already nutrition for you? Yes, he has. Has he supplied the ability and the strength to go and do the exercise? Has he supplied that? Well, Philippians 4.13, back up a few verses. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. Now, let me ask you this. How many people have ever, I've done this, I've, I've had it happen more times than I want to tell you about. I'm out there, I'm out in the world, I see somebody and they need prayer, or I'm supposed to witness to them. And my flesh goes, you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then, at sometimes I wasn't prepared to pray. I wasn't ready to do that. Let me put it this way. I wasn't willing to trust God to give me what I needed in the situation. I didn't realize that he'd already given me strength, and so I said, I don't know how to do that, God, so I'm not going to do that today. And so I wasn't trusting him. A lot of times in the doing, there's got to be this attitude of, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do, it doesn't matter, and I know that you've given me the strength to make it happen. You've given me the ability. You, you've given me what this verse says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So instead of making excuses when you're supposed to be a doer and witnessing to somebody or praying for somebody, instead of making excuses for it, now you just go ahead and step out. He, I can do all things through Christ. I can do everything. I'm just going to step out in it. I trust you. That's faith. That's resting in God. Do you know how many things about pastoring I didn't know how to do when I started? It was a lot. It was a whole lot. You know how many times it comes up where I hit a situation that I ain't never handled before and ain't nobody taught me how to do that when I'm pastoring? About once a week. What? What? Right. And any pastor that won't tell you that, in my head I was thinking, you need to slap them. But no, don't do that. Don't do that. You, no. They're not being truthful. They're not being truthful. Who of us knows everything there is to know? None of us. None of us. And so, but here's the thing. Which is stronger? To only move off of what I know or trust the Lord to give me supply in the moment? I have seen Him bring out wisdom and supply in my doing as a pastor when I didn't have a clue what to do. I just seek Him. I trust Him. I just like I had this situation. It wasn't money. It was wisdom. I need to know what to do here, Lord. I need to know what to do. I just go to Him and I just wait on Him. Be still and know that He is God. 
those that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. And all of a sudden, I'll get that wisdom from heaven. I'll get that inkling, that leading on the inside. I'll head down the path and watch it just, the answer just unravel right in front of me and present itself like a present from God. He'll do that in your lives too. He'll do that in situations. He just did that in yours, right, Seth? Yep. Didn't know what to do. But God knows. God knows how to handle it. Has He given us the strength for exercise? Listen to this, Ephesians 6.10. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in all His mighty power. When you're walking out there to do and exercise who you are in God and the new, you're trying to exercise the nutrition that God has put in there, are you moving in your power or moving in His power? It's His power. Power. If you start thinking it's you and your power and your wisdom, you're going to mess up. I can go out there not knowing how it's going to work, but I know that His power is going to go to work when I'm obedient with Him. And I choose to step into it, now all of a sudden His power from heaven is going to be backing me up. That's who He is. That's who He is. Has He provided, lastly, in rest? Hebrews 4, 7 said, So God set another time for entering His rest, and that time is today. It's today. God has a rest for you right now in every area of your life. He's got a rest for you. If you go on in verse 9, it says, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. In other words, you can enter the same rest that God Himself did when He, when he rested on that seventh day after creating the world. You have that same rest available to you. And how is it available? It's available by faith. By saying, Lord, I might not can see the answer, but I trust You to be able to walk the path in rest instead of walking the path in toil. I trust you that you're providing this, that you're making it an easy way. The burden, the burden is easy and light. I'm trusting you to do that. It's by faith. And then he says, so let us do our best to enter that rest. In other words, it, the responsibility is on us to seek the rest of God. To believe that it's going to be there. And it says... But if we disobey God or if we don't believe that it's out there and don't operate as such, because faith without works is dead. In other words, rest is taking an action or taking a step towards God. In other words, if I was up here and I had those choices, I needed to get to the provision in some way, and God's standing there and I don't even pay Him any mind, is that, is that real? do I really believe? But if I pay him mine, I'm going to take actions to ask him for it. And then when he tells me what to do, I'm not going to stand here and say, yeah, that's a good plan, God. Now, if you'll bring that to me, I'd appreciate that. That's not faith. Faith is action. It's, it's action backing up what you believe. I believe he just told me the plan of rest. Sometimes the plan of rest looks like it's toil. Sometimes it doesn't look like it's easy and light. Now, it don't look easy and light at all. Sometimes it looks harder than what the world presents you. And so we'll go, I'm going this way. But that's not faith. He says right here, he says, but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, 
we will fall. That means if we go this way that the world presents, because it looks easier than the way God told me, we're going to fall in this path. It's, it's not going to bring what we think it's going to bring. This path is always going to work out, and it may look like it stinks to your logic, but because God said it, it's going to be the best. It's always going to be the best because of His love for you. You're either resting or not resting in God, based on your belief of how complete Jesus has finished His work in your life. Here's the question. Spiritual fitness, nutrition, exercise, rest. Has God and is God provided and providing for all of those things already in your life right now? Yes, He is. Can you take rest knowing that those things are already given to you? Absolutely. I want you, I'm going to read you some scriptures, just going to read through them kind of quickly here. I want you to just listen and follow this path with me. Because we talked about God resting in the beginning. We talked about that He tells us to be spiritually fit. We talked about that those things are out there. But are you complete in Him? Are you really complete? John 19.30 when Jesus tasted it, he's talking about the sour wine. Here he is up on the cross, and he's about to die. When Jesus tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Now he died so that you can live and have life in overflow. He died so that you could rest in the fullness of life. That he had for you. He died so you wouldn't have to. He died so that you wouldn't live. And lead a life with death attached. So that you could live a life. With life attached. With his love attached. But I'm telling you. When Jesus said it is finished. It was one of the strongest statements. That had ever been uttered on this earth. He said it's done. It's complete. No more has to be done. It's finished. The work on earth is complete. Now he had some stuff to do in heaven that he played out that we're about to read. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. So Christ, now follow with me, he's on earth, it's done, it's complete. Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things we have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With His own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, with His own blood, with the finished, completed blood sacrifice, He entered the most holy place up in heaven once for all time and secured now listen to this, our redemption forever. He secured it. Now if we're, if we're redeemed forever, we got to look at what are we redeemed to. And what we're redeemed to is before the fall. Remember, before the fall, there was no sweating. No toiling. There was work being done, just like God, but no sweat, no toil. 
If we're redeemed because at the curse, sweating and toil and scratching out a living came, and now we have been redeemed forever, we are taken back to the place where the sweating and toil was no longer, where everything was complete and done. And Jesus took his own blood one time. It wasn't like the blood of bulls and goats that had to go year after year and, and, and kind of add to it and add to it and add to it. When they took the pure, spotless lamb of Jesus and he took his own blood and in the heavenly holy of holies, he, he sacrificed himself and took that blood and, and offered atonement forever. To bring you eternal redemption. Already he said. You're in rest right now. He said your rest is made complete. Ephesians 1.19 says this. I also pray that you will understand. The incredible greatness. Of God's power for us who believe him. I pray that you'll get it. That you'll see it. How powerful and how great God's love for you is. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, I, let me see if this chair is loose. Oh, I exposed your coffee. Why would you sit down if it, the work was not done? When Christ was seated at the right hand of God, it was because there was nothing left to do. His work was complete. He said it's finished. He offered His blood. You and I are redeemed forever. And then Christ went and He's chilling. done there's nothing else to do it's finished it's complete christ could rest just like his daddy because it was very good it was done he didn't rest just to set the example only he rested because the work was complete but that's not the end of the story Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's only by His grace. And keep reading. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So we don't have to stand and toil and sweat over a work that's already done in Christ. We are united seated at rest in God the question is do you know it or have you not known it and the world's taught you you still got to sweat this thing out bro you got to still you got to work on this hard you know 
We do things the old-fashioned way. We earn it. My earning, listen, my earning potential is so small compared to Christ's earning potential. Why would I even try to compete? Why would I sweat it? I am never going to be able to do a better job than Jesus did. And I'm already in Him and with Him. Why am I going to get up and pay twice for something that's already been paid for very well once? Why am I going to try and complete something that's already complete? Your spiritual fitness, your life is already in a state of rest if you'll believe it and accept it. Remember, you don't get into that rest simply by just saying, oh yeah, I see that you're at rest. You get into that rest by believing that I'm seated with Christ. And Lord, I receive your wisdom, your mercy. I receive that rest. Amen? Amen. Let's just stand up. Rest and supply come as a result of your belief that you are seated with Christ because the work is complete. Rest and supply in your life. Do you need rest? Do you need supply in your life? Rest and supply come as a result of your belief that you are seated with Christ and the work is complete. There's nothing left to be done but for you to believe and simply just walk out your obedience to Him. doesn't have to be hard. You know, well, God never promised that it'd be easy. Yes, He did. He said, if you're burdened, if you're heavy laden, come to Me and I will give you rest. For My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Why can He make such a statement? It doesn't mean that it'll look like I've been in situations where I've been at complete peace and yet people around me were freaking out because of what it looked like in our lives. Yet we had rest. We knew who we were. We knew whose we were. And we knew that the work was complete. And all we did was we believed that and moved into rest. Moved into that area. Now everybody else, they thought it was crazy. It's like I've used this so many times. It's like Jesus walking on the water when the storms were just all around them. The disciples flipping out. Jesus, he was cool. Why? Because he understood the work of his Father. He understood how to lean on the Word of God. And he found rest in the middle of the storms. He found rest through faith in the love of His Father. You can do the same thing simply because now everything's been done. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That rest, that supply is waiting on you to believe that the work of Christ is complete for you. Right now, you may be saying, Brian, I need to enter into that rest. I need some of that rest, right? Yesterday. I could have used it a few days ago. Thanks. If you need that rest right now, I just want you, just as a sign of that faith, you know, we enter in because of faith. 
And, and so just you saying, I need that rest, and as I raise my hand, I'm believing that God's going to supply me that rest and supply. I just ask you, if you need rest in your life, will you raise your hand? And the truth is, all of us do. So Lord, we just ask, just pray this with me. Just say, Father, I believe in Your love. And by faith, I enter into Your rest right now. I need Your rest. I need Your supply. I'm seated with You in heavenly places, united with Christ Jesus. Because He's my Lord. He's the director of my life. I take my plans from Jesus. And I do what Jesus leads me to do. And I believe that God did raise Him up from the dead. And when He raised Jesus, He raised me with Him. And seated us together in heavenly places. In the place of power and the place of rest. Lord, I receive right now Your power and Your rest. Your salvation in every area of my life right now. Father, fill me with Your power, with Your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now walk it out. There'll be times when the world presents you one way and you got to say, no, nah, I need to check with the Father first. There'll be times when it looks easier to go the world's way and it looks harder to go God's way. Which way? Listen, which way would, would be easier by the way of looks? To walk around the lake with the storm or go on the boat? And yet, which one was easier? I guarantee if they'd walked around, they'd have missed something that God had planned. There'd have been something that made their life harder than being in the boat and in the storm. The difference was the perspective and the attitude of rest in Christ versus the perspective and attitude of the disciples. That was the difference. It was all in their head. One knew whose they were and where they were, and one didn't. The devil will present you with ways. Always look to the Father and say, Father, what would you have me do? And when he says something, he's not leading you to the hard. He's leading you to the easy. He's leading you to the rest. It may look hard, and you've got to decide, I'm going to go even if it looks hard. I'm going to go. Not because that's you think is the best way, but because of who asked it. Who told you to go. And you know that God loves you. And He's not going to lead you someplace that doesn't have provision and doesn't advance His kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I ask just for Your wisdom and Your mercy, and I thank You for it. Lord, we thank You together in agreement today. Lord, thank You for Your power and Your rest. Thank You for Your mercy and Your grace. Thank You, Lord, that this is not just theory. It's not just a dream. It's a reality of Your love being made manifest in our lives. We praise You for it, and we thank You for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Jeff and Priscilla, if y'all will come right up here. And uh, if you are new today, 
We want to meet you. We have a gift for you. And we want to pray over you as well. We want to stay in contact. If you need prayer for anything, you need healing, you need deliverance, you need finances, you need anything, come and see Jeff and Priscilla and they're going to pray with you and, and lead you to that place of rest. Amen? Have a great day.